special edition of the Cubs Weekly Podcast. As always, we are presented by Wintrust, proud partner of the Chicago Cubs and exclusive home of Cubs Checking. Open online today at Wintrust.com slash Cubs Weekly. And as a reminder to all of you out there, to you too, Andy, we're available on all podcast platforms, so be sure to rate and subscribe. It could be your Christmas gift to me. Andy, I know you have something special picked out for me yeah. besides that, uh, <laughs> but you can also do that. I'm Tony Andrecki here with Andy Martinez, and it is a special podcast in part because right now we smell buffalo wings yes. filtering up. There's like an MLB party kind of going on behind. Yep. So we're on location in San Diego for the winter meetings here. Uh, and special in another sense, Andy, in that the Cubs have – reportedly signed somebody and added a, a big piece to the roster and Cody Bellinger. What was your initial thoughts when the reports and rumors came down and, and how do you potentially see him fitting in with the Cubs? I kind of, my first reaction was kind of like, that makes a ton of sense. Right. And I think when, as soon as he was non-tendered and even before you kind of had an idea that he was going to get you non-tendered. You did specifically, not to interrupt yeah. you, but to, to all of you back there, Andy's been pounding the drum like um, at least a month before Bellinger was non-tendered. He's like, I think Bellinger's going to get non-tendered. I think he'd be a perfect fit for the yeah. Cubs. So Andy called this if anybody did. <laughs> yeah, no, but I, I really thought it made a ton of sense just given that, hey, he needs, this is the Cubs need a left-handed bat. They need a center field. He plays really good center field defense. And sometimes a change of scenery is just good for a guy, yeah. and I think that's what the Cubs are banking on, in addition to some minor swing fixes and also health. Scott Boras mentioned, and, and some of the Cubs brass has said, he hasn't really been healthy for, for a couple of seasons, and that can kind of affect things. Maybe subconsciously you start doing things that you're not even aware of. Maybe your shoulder's doing something different, or maybe your swing's doing a little something different. You're not aware of it because you think you're fine, but really your injury, you have the injury, and you're trying to overcompensate for it. And it's affecting your outcome. It's affecting your performance. And it's leading to, to some rough stretches. Like it led to Cody Bellinger in the last two seasons. Yeah, and, and so he had a separated shoulder. Uh, was that fall of 20, right? It was, the in, World the, Series. It was in the World Series. Celebrating, I believe it was with Kike Hernandez. Okay, so he separated run. his shoulder. Uh, he had a leg injury on top of that over the last couple of years. So you're right. He has been injured. You know, it's led to a, a guy who the last two seasons, 21 and 22, hit 193, 611 OPS, his numbers across the board had been down, strikeout rate up, walking rate quite a bit down, actually, about half of, or maybe even a little less than half of what it was at his prime. That being said, just three years ago, in 2019, this guy won the National League MVP. Yep. He was the rookie of the year a couple of seasons prior to that. And just over a 162-game average at pace from, from 2017 through 2022, or th sorry, through 2020, shortened season, he was averaging 39 homers, over 100 RBI, 100 runs per season, and he had a 9-11 OPS over that stretch. So he's a guy that, like you said, left-handed bat that's big on the Cubs. He, he has the potential to be a game-changing bat. And then also he plays center field where they had a clear hole. He also came up as a first baseman and can play there. Yep. So, like, there's the ability. His, his most high leverage innings defensively would be in center field. Right. But there's also the potential to play first base. The Cubs have a hole in those spots. They could DH him. He just makes a ton of sense in a lot of different areas. Yeah. And, by the way, it's low risk because it's one year right now. Worst right. case scenario, he just, you know, costs money and that's it. Best case scenario, he helps the Cubs in the playoffs. The middle of the road. You know, there's also a possibility that he could be a trade deadline candidate or something right. else. There's a lot of different there's – a, there's a wide variance that could happen with this deal, but the Cubs are certainly hoping that he helps them into the playoffs once this deal becomes official. Yeah, I think it's some of the moves we saw with guys like Drew Smiley or David Robertson early on. Obviously, those are pitchers, but to the same extent that, hey, if this if this works out, it could benefit us. And if it doesn't, like you mentioned, there, there's possibilities that you can go with. But he is just such a versatile weapon that – 
can really benefit the Cubs. Again, center field, I think at the very worst when you're adding Cody Bellinger, you're adding really good defense. And the Cubs really struggled in center field defensively. Adding Cody Bellinger is really going to help the center field defense that, by the way, or excuse me, the Cubs outfield defense that, by the way, already has Ian Happ in left field. Hasei Suzuki, I think, is going to take some steps defensively in right field, just adjusting to the league, adjusting yeah. to Wrigley Field. You're improving your defense right there that if everything clicks, you might have one of the better def outfield defense and offensively in baseball just with those three guys. That really bodes well for the Chicago Cubs. It does. And, and you know, just like the, the hardware, you know, Bellinger and Happ have now yeah. both won gold gloves. I think Suzuki, we all saw he – I wouldn't necessarily say for sure that he's a gold glove winner, but right. I do think that there's the potential. He's capable of it. Yeah. We see that out there. He has a strong, accurate arm. He has, uh, uh, you know, just good agility and, and athletic yeah. ability out there as and well. I, and I think as long as Mookie Betts is still playing right field, it's going to be hard yeah. to unseat Mookie Betts from the right field gold glove position. Very, very true. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this is a – Bellinger is a guy that – has already won the World Series. Yep. He knows what it takes. He's play, played in the postseason almost every year of his career. And he actually is – this is the first time the Cubs are signing a former MVP to play with the team since 1987 when they signed George Bell. So it's a little bit of history in that sense. But, I mean, you don't win MVPs out of nowhere, right? right. And we all know that Cody Bellinger was one of the best players in baseball. There is a big if, though. I, I mean, yeah. that's part of why it's a one-year deal and not a 10-year deal or a right. seven-year deal for a guy who's 27 years old and, and has this kind of this cachet, this pedigree, is because he needs to go back out and prove it. He needs to show he's healthy. He needs to show he can get back to that that form and be a guy that can hit you know well above 200 again, that can, that can be a force in the lineup and be more than just kind of a, a plus defender out there. I think the Cubs clearly believe that he can do that. That's why they, they are taking this deal. And I think Bellinger obviously believes that he can do that in Chicago. I, I mean, there's some of it that he, he, whatever, I don't know specifically his thoughts, but he believes that Chicago can help him get there. Maybe it is that change of scenery. And I asked Carter Hawkins about that today. Like, what is it about change of scenery? He's like, sometimes it's just a different voice. Yeah. Sometimes it's just somebody saying something differently to you you feel better about it you feel more comfortable and it's just a fresh start maybe that'll be good for bellinger maybe it'll be great for the cubs it's no different than any one of us right if you you, you can get easy to fall into the monotonous day-to-day -day thing yeah. if you change it up it could it could be really beneficial for someone that's what the cubs are hoping for with cody bellinger like if you come to san diego after being in chicago winters that could exactly. be very cool kind of little re-energizing yeah you come here. and i mean you see the christmas high, the christmas <laughs> yeah. lights in 60 degree weather but that's that's a little, that's a whole other topic because that's still strange to me. But anyway, yeah, Cody Bellinger. It, it, I think it, it just makes so much sense to have him. It's going to bring everyone up, I think, for the Cubs and the left-handed bat. That you know, we looked at the lineup. You look at it, and you've got Patrick Wisdom, who's right-handed. You've got Say Suzuki, who's right-handed. You've got Christopher Morrell. You've got Nico Horner. You've got all these guys that are so right-handed. If you're facing a tough righty. It, it could be a, it could set up for a long day for for the Cubs offensively. Having Cody Bellinger just to break that up is is really really helpful for the for the offense. Well, yeah, and I mean if the Cubs do continue to add in free agency, which we expect them to, yep. some of the top targets out there are right-handed as well. Yeah, you know, not necessarily expect them to be in the Aaron Judge sweepstakes right now, but obviously they're they're dipping their toes in the shortstop market, and, right. and they've reportedly uh, met with with these players. So Carlos Correa, Dansby Swanson, Xander Bogarts, all right-handed hitters. Yep. You know, you throw in guys like Nick Madrigal as well. You know, PJ Higgins, Jan Gomes catching. Yep. Like there's a lot of right-handed options if the Cubs add a veteran. Uh, first baseman, it looks like it'll probably be a right-handed hitter right. at this point. Josh Bell was one of the guys that was off the board. Um, so, yeah, it, the left-handed fit helps. The versatility helps. 
at the very least the Cubs got better defensively today or whenever this deal officially you know becomes official that's great and I think there's the, there's upside there there's a there's a lot of upside there yeah and they improved defensively when you think of the rotation too that really helps Marcus Stroman yeah. very high contact back Kyle Hendricks very high contact pitcher yeah having that that defense behind you especially up the middle I mean, that just makes things easier for, for Marcus Stroman, where if he hits a fly ball into the gap, it's like, all right, well, Cody Bellinger or Ian Happer can get there, and I'll be okay. One of the most interesting things I, I feel like I've taken away from this winter meeting so far is how the Cubs are working their pitch to free agents. Yep. So, like, a guy like Bellinger, of course, free agent, you know, you could take a one-year deal, and it sure seems like there was a lot of other teams that were out there that were potentially looking for a one-year deal. So, for Bellinger, like, why would he choose Chicago? Why? How did the Cubs mm-hmm. sell him? or any of these other these free agent shortstops or anybody else that are out there how do you sell him you know them on coming to chicago and i think it was fascinating that david ross was saying that he doesn't really have a pitch he just kind of answers questions and he talks a little bit about what it's like to play in chicago and what it's like with this fan base and that's kind of what carter and, and and jed are doing as well as they just like they just try to explain what it is and they kind of let the cubs sell themselves they let yeah. wrigley sell themselves and then this fan base that is annually two and a half to three million you know i guess pre-pandemic and then even post-pandemic now fans in the seats at wrigley field at one of the greatest places in the world to play in uh so i think they let that sell themselves and they also try to sell the vision david ross yeah. is so confident about where where the Cubs are going forward. He honestly, to me, he seems more confident now yeah. than he did even at the end of the season. Now with a couple months of, you know, to, to clear his head, to, to look, you know, to get like a fresh start at, at some of this, a fresh look at some of this, he seems more confident now than ever before. And I think that passion comes through when he meets with these free agents. And it's also interesting because it's not like they stumbled at the second half. They had a really good second half to end it. They had a ton of success that you would think would just kind of breed some confidence and some momentum going into the offseason. And you're right, he just does seem a little more, maybe it is a little bit of the San Diego sun and being in the warm weather after yeah. you know, being in Chicago, but there is just that genuine optimism of, hey, like things are starting to move, we're starting to improve on the field. There's a chance that 2023 can be a lot different than 2022 and especially the back half of 2021. It, it, it's fascinating and fun to watch and the next few weeks, even the last few days here in San Diego are going to be fun just to see what kind of transpires in terms of any other additions or, or possible moves. And you're right, you don't really have to pitch it. When I think back to Seiya Suzuki, when he signed last season, remember they just he went to Wrigley Field and yeah. they just showed the this is what it's like, this is the video, that the drone shot and everything that Cubs Productions put together for, for Seiya Suzuki. And then there, there's the photos of him on the big board. They just, it, it, you're selling them, but you don't really have to. It's just like, hey, this is what it really is. And then the other one that I thought of was Hayden Wozneski when he pitched and he yeah. goes, I didn't know Chicago on a Tuesday could get this crazy or something. Uh, I might be butchering the lines a little bit, but the, the point being that even on a Tuesday night when the team's struggling, the vibes at Wrigley Field are, are, are totally different. Yeah, and I think the Cubs, too, believe that the Bellinger move, again, once it becomes official, is kind of step one, right? Yep. I, they're not going to be done. This isn't. This is, this is one of potentially several moves right. and potentially, you know, bigger moves that are going to be coming along as well. And on that note, Taylor McGregor actually caught up with MLB Network's John Morosi to talk about the Bellinger deal, but then also next steps like what could come next yeah. for the Cubs. So we'll take a listen to that here. Still a busy day here in San Diego. I, I asked Jed yesterday, you know, it, it, the day is over. He's like, you think the day is over? We're just <laughs> beginning things. You know, this thing's going to go all night. So day two here, Cody Bellinger, the big news here. 
What do you feel like is the upside for Bellinger? I think Bellinger could still be about 70 or 80% of what he was Taylor at his MVP best. And the Cubs would take that in a one-year deal. Bellinger would take that too because if he goes back out in the marketplace a year from now, re-enters and has a chance to probably get back closer to what his value used to be once upon a time with the Dodgers. Taylor, for me, the key is health for Bellinger. That right shoulder has not been sound for him for years, really. If he's able to get back and get that swing in shape and maybe not be too launch angle conscious, if he's able to do that and put up some good numbers at Wrigley, it'll be a little chilly in April, but I think by the middle of the season, Taylor, I think those numbers will start to look more like the Bellinger of old. I'm sure he reached out to his boy, Jock Peterson, to ask yes. him about the type of coats that he should be wearing at Wrigley. So <laughs> a lot of tips there. How did the deal come together to get Bellinger? There was a lot of interest in Bellinger, and the Rockies are one team that was mentioned heavily for Cody Bellinger. Again, that would have been a great place for him to go to put up big numbers for a year. But again, I think the Cubs, their, their winning culture, having David Ross there, veteran players on the team, I think there's an understanding of, of what he can achieve there with the Chicago Cubs. Other teams that liked him, the, the Toronto Blue Jays certainly were in there because of their need for a center fielder. But with the Cubs, I love the fit, the versatility. He could play center, play first, great fit for the Cubs. Now the, the, the everything's shifting to yes. shortstop. Uh, what are you hearing with the market for the Cubs in the shortstop position? Dansby Swanson is the big name to watch, Taylor, right now. I think Swanson is someone that has been of great interest to the Cubs for a long time. And the, the market right now is breaking in such a way that he seems to me to be probably the most affordable of those big-ticket shortstop options. Xander Bogarts is there as well. I do think the Diamondbacks are a bit of a sleeper for Bogarts because of a long history there with executives with the Diamondbacks who knew him back when he was a Red Sox minor leaguer. So I think right now Swanson is the most likely of those big shortstops to the Cubs, and I love what he would do if he comes in, he allows Horner to play second base, and I'm hearing Swanson is giving a lot of thought to the Cubs. Again, of course, Mallory Pugh, his fiance, plays soccer in Chicago, so a great fit all the way around. Of course, that's the defense up the middle now with Bellinger in center field. Let's talk about pitching because yes. that's what everybody wants to know as well. What are you hearing with the Cubs and starting pitching? Strong market for that mid-tier starter, Taylor. And one name that I've heard a bit with the Cubs, Jamison Tyon. I think that's going to be a, a really good fit there potentially for the Cubs to, to I think, pursue someone that's been a very solid starting pitcher in the middle part of the rotation for a number of years, including for the New York Yankees here in recent years. So I think for me, Tyon is the name I'll watch carefully. Some other names there, we saw Andrew Heaney go off the board here on Tuesday, a very lucrative deal for him with, with Texas. So that, that interest level in the mid-tier starter is very strong. I also think Kodai Senga is still one name to watch. Of course, we know the Cubs had tried. They scouted very heavily. Shohei Otani didn't get him, but perhaps a Kodai Senga is the next big international sensation. Yeah, and you know, we're talking so much about free agency mm -hmm. but there's still the possibility of trades what are you hearing with the Cubs and a potential move there yes Sean Murphy the catcher from Oakland is the one who I think is generating a ton of interest I think the number of teams that have inquired on Murphy Taylor is about a dozen or more there are not a lot of high-end controllable catchers I do think Danny Jansen could be one more fit there for the Cubs as well via trade if Contreras is is leaving in, in free agency and I believe he will then I think the trade market is a much better way to do it, especially when you consider the amount of, of position player prospects the Cubs do have to trade from. Perhaps Owen Casey, of course, arrived by a trade. He could be one more candidate to go out for the right catcher. Get your Wintrust exclusive debit card. Get your Cubs card. Ooh, I'll take one. How much? Actually, they pay you $300. You heard right. Get a $300 bonus when you open a Cubs checking account with Wintrust. Enjoy all perks and purchase with pride every time with your Wintrust Cubs debit card. $300? What? I'll take a card. $300? Oh, 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 $300?
Get your exclusive card at Wintrust.com slash Cubs. Only $100 required to open. No monthly minimum balance and no monthly maintenance fees. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. All right, we're back here on the Cubs Weekly Podcast. Again, Tony Andracchi, Andy Martinez. And Andy, again, we talk about the Bellinger deal, but what comes next for the Cubs? What are some of the areas of need for this team, assuming that you have this center field and potential first base option out there in Bellinger? I think it's shortstop and pitching. Yeah. There's been no secret that they're in the market for the shortstop, and there's been no secret that the Cubs want to add pitching. If we think back to the 2022 season, the biggest struggles for the Cubs came in May, June. It was when their pitching was really down. Remember, Marcus Stroman had COVID, David Robertson had COVID, and there's guys battling back from injuries. And the biggest thing was having not having enough pitching. Mm-hmm. They're going to want to add more veteran, veteran pitching that can go deep into games, that can give them length, that can give them success. And they're going to be very active, I believe, in the starting pitching market and the bullpen market, just given that they're, a lot of their relievers are very young and, and don't have as much MLB experience as, as they've had in the, in the past few seasons. Yeah, and I think, you know, adding on to that, catcher, I think they catcher, can certainly yeah. add another catcher, a veteran catcher. They have Gomes and Higgins, as we discussed earlier. But I think Gomes going, you know, he's going to be 35, 36 next year, and Higgins has roughly just – over a season under his belt or not even a full season under his belt I think they want more depth and more experience there and they certainly don't want Gomes to be playing 162 games so even though they like him defensively and what he brings to staff adding another veteran catcher and and possibly a long-term option uh, there could help as well but you know first base could also be there I think Bellinger like we said his defense makes him the the most high leverage fit in center field I think first base is an option you have a guy like Matt Mervis but you don't want to just give him the, the, right. the reins and, and let him go with it. Uh, and then just the fact that, like, you have the DH spot open and yeah. Patrick Wisdom can play around and you have other guys like Zach McKinstry and Miles Mestroboni and some of these other guys, Christopher Morell. There's a lot of pieces, but I think the Cubs certainly are looking to add. But I, I'm 100% with you on the pitching, and that's where I'm going to continue to look beyond the shortstops. And we know yeah. the shortstops, right, are out there, like, for sure. And the Cubs are, are active in that market. But I think pitching is big, and I – Carter had a little bit of fun. I asked him today just about, like, in an ideal world, would you add multiple starting pitchers? And he was joking that, yeah, in an ideal world, they would have added Scherzer – or, sorry, uh, DeGrom and Verlander for, like, a million bucks each (laughs) or whatever. You know, like, if you go in an ideal world. Right, So I thought that was pretty funny, like, overall. But I do think that the Cubs are certainly looking at in the veteran market, Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't be surprised if they come away with two veteran starting pitchers. And then, like you mentioned, the bullpen, too. I mean, I I don't know how many, but I I think that multiple veteran relievers are going to be coming to the Cubs before it's all said and done, before this team breaks – or, sorry, breaks for camp in Arizona. And I think with the veteran relievers, I think it's going to be kind of what we've seen the last few years, right? It's going to be these guys that you're like, I think I've heard of him, or maybe he's had a few good outings. And then – the Cubs have a proven track record now through the last three seasons that they have these relievers that they can just kind of turn into pretty good relief relief pieces and, and, and bullpen aces, so to say. I think there's there's going to be another situation where you're going to be like, oh, they signed that guy? I kind of remember him. That might be – and then come June, July, you're going to be like, man, this guy – this was a great pickup by the Cubs. We've seen it in 2020 with Jeremy Dreyfus. We saw it in 2021 with Ryan Tapera and Andrew Chafin, and we saw it last year with – Chris Martin and David Robertson and Michael Givens. I think the, the bullpen market might not be the flashiest of signings that they make, yeah. but I think they're going to be just as impactful as a, as a shortstop or a first baseman or a starting pitching that they had. 
who out there in the starting pitching market do you think would be a good fit for this team? I know one guy you like, Taiwan Walker. He just kind of signed shortly yeah. before we did this this podcast uh, going to the Phillies. But, like, who are some of the other names out there that you're looking at that, you know, maybe it doesn't necessarily work out but think could be a fit for the Cubs? It's interesting because there's so many options out there, and you, you, you kind of want to see how the, the rest of the market falls off in an ideal world. If I'm like Carter Hawkins, <laughs> Carlos Rodon, yeah, sure, sure. a thousand percent yeah. makes sense. but. That, that might not necessarily be the, the right fit for, for either part. I think there's going to be multiple suitors for Carlos Rodon that's going to make it difficult for him to, to land with the Chicago Cubs. But there's so many options out there. You think there could be a reunion maybe with Drew Smiley. He looked yeah. really great. There's so many options out there. Sean Manai is another guy that, that's another interesting arm that, that could fit a, kind of a similar Drew Smiley role. It's going to be fascinating to see kind of where they play out, and I think a lot of it's contingent on what ends up happening in the shortstop market a little bit. Yeah, I think it could be for sure. I mean, it, like we said, either way, I think the Cubs are looking to certainly add, and, and so, I mean, there are other guys, Kodai saying, uh, yeah. from Japan coming over, and obviously the Cubs have Chris already Bassett. done this with Chris Bassett, another great example, but like with Singer in particular, they, they just did this last year with, with Seiya, as you talked about earlier, so like there's that. Jamison Tyon is out there, you yeah. know, a former number two overall pick, so there are guys out there, um, and, and I'll be curious to see what the Cubs do in that regard, but certainly we'll be looking at that. Overall, I think just with this this market in general, it, I thought it was going to move a lot slower, right? Yeah. I, it, the last few years, obviously the lockout was, was so weird last year. Prior to that, there was still the pandemic. But really the last three, four winter meetings and, and off seasons before that, things moved so much slower than they've moved so far this winter. Guys are getting more money, more years than I thought they would. I think yeah. that's the case. You know, everybody around baseball Across seems board, to be saying yep. the same thing. But there have been a lot of just surprising moves, and, and a lot of guys, a lot of the top guys have come off the board. I mean, Trey Turner, 11 years, go, you know, for $300 million going to the Phillies. Verlander, DeGrom, already off the board. Uh, Jose Abreu to the Astros. Josh Bell to the Guardians. Andrew Heaney to the Rangers. Mitch Hanninger to the Giants. Like we mentioned, Taiwan Walker. There's a lot of guys that have already signed out there. What's kind of stood out to you so far of just watching the rest of the market non-Cubs? I'm kind of exactly like you were. I went in, came in here thinking there, there may be one or two minor deals, but I don't think there's going to be any – I don't think any of the big shortstops are going to come off the market. Or, you know, I don't think there's going to be a ton of big, flashy signings. Remember Manny Machado when he was a free agent and Bryce Harper, they didn't sign until pretty late in the game. So yeah. I thought that was kind of starting to become the norm, unfortunately, where they're, they're signing – either close into spring training or, or, really or actually in spring, in spring training, training yeah. in some cases. I was worried that that was going to be the case, but I think with Trey Turner signing, I think the dominoes are starting to fall on that market. I think there's some acceleration there for sure. And then with the pitching, yeah, it's moving a lot quicker. That I th There's a possibility we could – I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but there's a possibility we could see another two big signings before – before the winter meetings end here this week yeah and it's honestly it's just kind of cool that like this is all happening now yeah. and winter meetings this is the most this is my fourth in-person winter meetings and this is the most active by far yeah you know really like the most active from the cubs perspective for right. sure but like just in general like it, there's a lot going on and it's cool it's exciting it's nice to get some of this out of the way to not have it drag into yep. january and february like you said so here we are tuesday evening like we said there could be more moves coming along by the time you're listening to this it could be aaron judge out there as you know could be signed some of these other shortstops could be signed and it could continue to move fast here because winter meetings are wrapping up on wednesday in san diego but there's still more to come including the rule five draft we're not anticipating the Cubs taking anybody in the Rule 5 draft. They already have a pretty crammed 40-man roster, especially now that they're going to have to add Cody Bellinger to it in the coming days. Uh, but 
they could lose some of their prospects. So there could still be news coming. Of course, just you know, in the big league realm, like there could be other moves coming before yeah. we pack up and head back to a possibly snowy Chicago and leave this beach that is just like a baseball's throw away here. Uh, so <laughs> we're not necessarily looking forward to that trip back, <laughs> but we are looking forward to a lot more moves, and we will have you covered here on Marquee Sports Network. Stay tuned also to another Cubs Weekly podcast coming out Wednesday, a second one here from the winter meetings. For Andy, I'm Tony. Thank you so much for listening. That'll do it for this edition of the Cubs Weekly Podcast presented by Wintrust. Don't forget to download, subscribe, and rate the pod on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And check us out in video form on the Marquee Sports Network app and YouTube. That'll do it for us here in sunny San Diego.